Welcome back to another episode of the Wild Edible World Podcast, where this episode you're going to find us pounding those breath mints. You're going to find out why later on in this episode. Um, I'm your host, Michael, um, but this episode you can call me Stinkin' Lincoln, because I'm tall and eat onions. And I am Steve. Uh, They call me the Onion Knight. Shout out Sir Davos. And uh, welcome to episode Wild Allium in specific, meadow garlic, uh, not specific, Can- Canada onion, Canada garlic, wild garlic, wild onion. There's lots of names. Um, if you're familiar with it, then you know and you love it. Uh, if you're not, then we're going to show you. We're going to show you why you should. Yeah, definitely. This is one of the most common uh, onion uh, allium plants that you're going to find along your trail sides. Um, you'll probably find them curbside as well, not necessarily in low tide. So we, we haven't quite included that in our, in our little rhythm, but, um, yeah, you're, you're going to find these all over the place. We just tried to do a little walk around this park that we're recording in right now. Um, we actually didn't come across any, we found some habitat that would have been perfect for it. Lots still, of other delicious things. Yeah. Zero, zero, zero no, of these no guys. No alliums. Yeah. So, um, but I, I do, I mean, of course I come across them all the time sure. in other places. Um, so yeah, we'll start off talking a little bit about what it what it looks like, right? And yeah, we'll yeah, from its most recognizable feature first, which is its above ground parts, um, which probably would lead us to you know what you see in most stages, especially because it's this species, especially Allium canadensis, is one of the first to come out during the spring, um, mm-hmm. and then it kind of lasts pretty well into summer with a bunch of different edible parts. So the first things that you're going to see coming out of the ground are these thin grass-like blades. Sure. Um, and they they look like grass, but they sure don't smell like it and they're a little bit thicker. And uh, on top of those on top of those grass-like stalks, you'll see uh, several different variations of this. So most likely what you'll first see early in the season where we're at now is a uh, cluster of uh, what would you call that? Like buds? Yeah. So in late spring, it's going to be um, putting up its flower heads. So yeah, they're kind of like seed heads, but they have like little flowers that kind of poke out in between them. They're just tiny little itty bitty flowers. Yeah. It's like um, they have a, like a wrapping. Yep. Over yep. Them. There'll be yeah. like an oniony kind of pointy sheath, like papery sheath covering these. And then they kind of slowly burst out as they age and they start out kind of like white colored and then they age into sometimes kind of pink or darker red. Yeah. And then that's when they become a little bit more inedible. But. And and when they are in full bloom, I mean they're just they're beautiful. It's like this big star of of flowers. It's like a like a morning star, but like delicious mm-hmm. and edible. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and so again, that's like the, the most recognizable feature is this flat blade length. You're gonna have a lot of things that may smell or taste like alliums. Um, and there's different species, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the key one we're talking about has this flat, no no tubular uh, essence to it, whatever whatsoever. It's flat, um, and it's kind of grass-like. But yeah, the, when you break the leaf, there's this smell. Whenever you um, you know break apart that seed head that we were talking about, you're, there's going to be this smell there, and it's always this uh, characteristic allium smell. Um, and it's going to be onion or garlic. Um, this tends to be on the oniony side, right? Yeah. Definitely, and that's actually a huge indicator that you that you got the right thing. Because you you know, like like we always preach, you want to make sure you uh, triple check your ID, and that smell is actually very important. There is you know a variety of this that isn't gonna isn't gonna hurt you, but may maybe not so great for young children. So uh, that smell, you want to make sure it's pungent. If it smells like grass, toss it away. Yeah, if you're ever in doubt, throw it out. Of yeah, course, exactly. But yeah, it's gonna have that oniony smell, and it's 
characteristic to a lot of things. It's one of the more intuitive things as foragers that we can use to help identify edible things in the wild without knowing exactly what they are. If it smells like onion, you can eat it. If it smells like garlic, you can eat it. Yeah. Um, it's it, that's all there is to it. You know, it, it is kind of sometimes it is that simple. Most of the time it's not. Yeah. But sometimes it is. And then uh, from that beyond the flower, beyond that, that's a cool name, beyond the flower. Maybe that's, oh, yeah. a, maybe that's like a uh, hashtag band name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, beyond that and beyond the stalk, we get to the bulb, um, which mm-hmm. is, you know, on, on these particular, it's not it's not gigantic. It's not an onion. You're not going to pull it out of the ground and, you know, be able to cook an entire stir fry with it. But right. uh, it is. Uh, you know, a small bulb, uh, and okay. it is covered in uh, sometimes a brown skin fiber. If you can get the whole the whole darn thing out, occasionally that comes out while you're pulling it. Um, but onion odor, garlic taste, things like that. Yeah, and it pretty much looks exactly like uh, what's the culinary equivalent to it? Like what do they call them? A bulb onion or yeah. uh, uh, bunching onion? Bunching onion. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, you got a small one that's about the size of a, get big as a quarter, half dollar at, at biggest. Yeah, yeah. I've like, seen some pretty big ones. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So, depending on the stand, they, yeah, they can be a variety of sizes, which obviously, you know, when you kind of want to find the bigger ones because they don't, you know, they don't at all get weaker in flavor with their size. So, bigger the better. Um, and also the older the plant. Um, so that's the underground portion. Um, the, you can also, there's there's other things if you can't smell. I mean, there's other ways you can identify this plant from its root tr- structure. There are lookalikes that have almost like bulb-like um, formations at the bottom of the plant. Um, but you'll notice that the roots will kind of uh, separate off of each other. They'll kind of, it, it will, it's much more like a tap root. Um, not exactly a tap root, but it'll have that root structure where it's kind of one thing and then you have a few other roots kind of going off from the side of the center structure root. Um, whereas the onion plants and anything that is edible is going to have much more of that like green onion root structure. If anybody's bought just like a bundle of green onions at the store, um, you're going to notice that every single root, there isn't a center main root. You have the bulb and then you have all these individual roots just attached to the bottom of the root. Um, all coming out individually. And that's that's another key identifying factor that you want to make sure that you have those. Um, that's applicable basically all alliums. That's definitely something you want to make sure you're looking for in ramps if you can't smell again, because obviously ramps have this really distinctive smell. But Yeah, so when you put out, pull it out of the ground, turn it upside down, you yeah. want its hair to look like Michael Baker's hair. <laughs> when I'm, yeah, you hang me upside down and it's just all coming out from the bottom. Yeah. So moving on from that, um, we have the basic physical descri- uh, description. The whole plant is edible, yeah. um, not necessarily through its whole life cycle. So once it starts getting older, um, obviously, yeah, I mean, you can get it too young, too. But it's still going to be uh, that really nice flavor. Whenever it gets older at the end of its life cycle, um, the leaves are going to be a little bit tougher, a little bit less edible. Um, and, but the root, the bulb itself will be at its biggest. And the seed head has a really interesting transition time where it has, you know, whenever it's still in that um, papery sheath covering, it's edible. But once it's starting to bloom out of it and the color is darkening, um, that kind of almost directly um, aligns with how edible it is. So the brighter, the lighter, the more pale it is, the more edible. And then as it darkens in color, it becomes um, harder to eat, in fact. So it's not, it doesn't just stay soft. They solidify and they get hard. And I think those, those are the seeds. So yeah, yeah, for sure. That's how it pro- propagates itself. Um, so they definitely become at, inedible at some point. Just some propagation notes, I suppose. Uh, the, this particular species 
does have a hermaphroditic flower, so it is a what we call a, ah. a perfect flower in the gardening world, similar to like tomatoes. So it, it pollinates itself, and all it needs is a little bit of wind or something awesome. to shake it. Yeah, and so you can just like fiddle with yeah, it, exactly. and you're doing its job. Yeah. Most most often, uh, you know, a small bug lands on it is going to do the job for you. But uh, for you know anybody getting into tomatoes out there, perfect flower. All you got to do is shake your plant a little bit. Like I said, normally the wind does the job for you. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. So that's its uh, pollination. Uh, that's its life cycle there. Uh, that's how it's pollinated. And so, so what kind of uh, insects pollinate it? Is it just yeah, like this, flies this or what? Absolutely fascinating. So uh, flies, absolutely. Native bees, not honeybees. So that's that's a that's a oh. cool thing that I I honestly didn't know about it. Was I thought all bees. Would would go to a flower, but it's only native bees, bees that are native to to uh, the the North America that that pollinate this. Um, honeybees don't do it. So wow. all the little uh, hoverflies or the just the vast variety of native bees or little guys that that land on there, they're doing the job for you. Uh, honeybees are busy in almond orchards. Or... Yeah, I'm not sure you'd want like uh, onion flavored honey. I would love either. onion honey. Yeah, yeah, I don't okay. know. <laughs> it's, it's, all, it's all, I guess, personal preference. Sure. Sounds good to me. Um, so I believe this plant also, it, it not only does it produce uh, seed sexually, but it also reproduces asexually. So yeah. um, it also participates uh, in bulb division. So sometimes whenever you have one onion there, I mean, this is kind of the case for a lot of alien, I think, Pretty much the entire family is that they have both methods of reproduction um so it uh can whenever it's not necessarily fully matured to where it's producing seed head it can split into two plants at the bottom and then so when you have one plant one year you have two the next year and then so on and so forth um but also the seeds do well in disturbed ground so a lot of the times if you have a cluster of these onions um, you're really doing a huge fight uh, favor by pulling out some of these, reducing the stress on its, you know, its own family, and that way it actually has some rough earth for the seed to fall down into later on in the season, um, and that's just going to provide a perfect germinating environment for something like that. Yeah, the the actual plant was uh, cultivated in gardens in Cuba, and oh. then and then brought here, um, and it's one of the most easily propagatable plants I've ever had. Um, so I I took a few bulbs. And, you know, with the plans to use them, but I wasn't going to use them immediately. So I threw them in a bucket, threw a little bit of soil on top of it, and uh, kind of forgot about it. So yeah. <laughs> the next year, I remembered when the when the whole bucket was, was sprouting with, with these uh, wild alliums. And, uh, you know, so it's just, they take so easily. They transfer so easily, mm-hmm. um, which kind of takes a little bit of the fun out of going out and finding them. But sometimes it's kind of nice. You have a little patch in your backyard. Absolutely. There's some things that you would just want to have easy at hand. I mean, I like I'm growing a little bit of pineapple weed in my flower pot this oh, year. That's awesome. So <laughs> cool. just because I yeah. don't come across it that much. And when I do, it's in uh, heavily metro- metropolitan areas yeah. or like high traffic areas. So you want to be able to control what goes into your to your wild edibles. Yeah, exactly. At least I can kind of control this a little bit. Um, so if do you have anything else to add for this? Or? No, I think we take a little break, Ski. Yeah, let's do a little bit of a break, take a little walk, and then uh, we'll come back with some nutritional information and some other ways that you can eat this and some anecdotes from ourselves. Please come back.
back on the Wild Edible World podcast, talking about Allium Canadense. Yeah, yeah. So before we before we get into the second part, which is the nutritional point, what's up, uh, Steve? I misspoke on the on the last half, uh, and I didn't feel like re-recording it, so I'm just going to recant right now. I said that it was uh, cultivated in Cuba and then brought here. What I meant was it is cultivated in Cuba as, you know, like a regular practice. We already have it here. Otherwise, why would our native bees mess with it? You know? Yeah, totally. So, no, that's, you're an honest man. My bee. Gentleman and a scholar. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we'll continue with the second part of the episode, talking about its nutritional qualities. Let's get into um, some newts. Yeah, some newts <laughs> and uh, different ways, like, we've used the plant and uh so yeah why don't you lead us off with that absolutely so uh just just to talk about some of the some of the nutritional properties i mean most most people know that onions are great for you they're Mm -hmm. uh yeah they're um what am i thinking of here they are plenty of traditional use in like garlic so they're related to garlic and every uh, i feel like that's pretty common knowledge is like how medicinal garlic is so i mean yeah plenty of medicinal properties um i have written down like pain relief and anti-inflammatory uses Absolutely. Um, and I guess I'll, I'll go on with, like, the nutrition a little sure, bit. Sure, perfect, yeah. yeah, the, yeah I, one cup of the onion, like chopped onions, can actually provide you 100 calories. Um, I got this from MyFitness. What was it? MyFitnessPal? Mm-hmm. Something like that. Uh, so somebody had done a little bit of nutritional research on it. Um, but they claim that it's 100 calories for one cup of onions and then one carb for that, one gram of pro, uh, fat for that. But uh, you can consider 50 grams of protein, which That's is incredible. pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah. No, it's I a really nutritional plant. Pump them onions. Exactly. Get, onion <laughs> <pump>. <laughs> Get ripped. <laughs> um, and yeah, early on in the spring too. So it's one of the first vegetables you can find. Um, and it's just really good for you. It's really high in vitamins A and C. Um, and for those of you who have cholesterol issues, it's really good at lowering your bad cholesterol. And it's shown that it also it doesn't change any of your levels with the good cholesterol either. So it's a good thing. Pretty straight. Like, yeah. On some of the less factual notes about it, uh, Native Americans used to think that by rubbing this plant on your body, it protected you from insects, lizards, scorpions, tarantula bites. So luckily, we don't have to rub our bodies with onions because I can't imagine... That's entirely pleasant to walk around smelling like an onion all day. I don't know. That's kind of how I end up sometimes anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Just a natural uh, B.O. <laughs> but that's really interesting. I mean, I'll have to try that. You know, it's a struggle out here sometimes with the mosquitoes and True. the ticks. So. I mean, desperate times, right? Yeah, exactly. You, know, uh, you don't want to be rubbing deet all over your body. I'd yeah, rather... definitely. I would rather onions than that crap. 100 times. Uh, so you have a nice little jar over to my left, your right. Yeah, uh, sure. What, what do you got in that bed, Larry? So this is like a little pickle I did of the seed heads we were talking about earlier um, in the first half of the episode. So these are, uh, it's kind of like a little bit of a sweet pickle. I can't exactly remember the recipe but we nibbled on one or two of them already and it yeah. was um pretty sweet got a lot of mustard seed uh whole mustard seed in there yeah it's like border like it's slightly sweet it's not to the point of like a bread and butter pickle kind of yeah recipe, exactly. but it's yeah. it's it's not too you know it's, it's in that neighborhood you know yeah. maybe it doesn't live at that house but it's it's traveling around <laughs> that block um, yeah that has the same st- <laughs> yeah the street address but we're gonna try a couple more yeah you know and i totally agree with that i am not a bread and butter pickle fan yeah. so i definitely was trying to avoid that with this i have a bunch that loves them, and I don't know why. Just uh, a little munch on them. Got some good crunch. How long have they been in this jar? Because they're super crunchy. Uh, they've been in there for a year. So I pickled wow. these last season. Um, just been sitting in my fridge. Oh, dude, um, these are so good. Mm-hmm. So when we were on our first round of snackies, um, we decided that this would be great, like 
on a sandwich, maybe an open face sandwich or mm -hmm. like uh, I thought maybe some sort of like relish or uh, something along those. I mean, it's just the possibilities are endless. Yeah. And really kind of carried a lot of the pickle flavor. It's not overwhelmingly oniony. Yeah. Oniony. It's just kind of faint and it just kind of it's more it provides a really cool like cartoonish star uh, mm -hmm. appearance and it also provides a, a good crunch. So yeah, nice, a nice a nice uh, like this thing salad like egg salad or oh yeah yeah salad oh my god yeah an egg salad would be fantastic. oh my god so good <laughs> that's a great idea uh i love a good egg salad and then at our last little little powwow yeah last time we got together uh i i'd gone out and i went to a place that had had these uh wild alliums and i made uh muffins muffins out of them using the whole plant oh my god it was they were so uh moist and savory mm -hmm. it was amazing so yeah. i made like a garlic butter, onion garlic butter, whatever you want to call it, wild allium butter, uh, by just like sauteing the bulb mm -hmm. and uh, and the like whiter part of the, like the lower part of the stem in uh, butter. And then I added that to the cup before I poured the batter in. Oh. And then I also brushed the top of the muffins after they were done baking. Oh. Uh, and then I chopped up uh, and sauteed the actual uh, stalk and... Uh, seed head and yeah they were freaking excellent man i, I used this so good. i used this uh ancient grain called einkorn from bluebird grain farms uh little little quick little quick uh plug for bluebird there. yeah and it is uh one of the one of the original uh grains that, that we grew in this country before we decided to to maximize uh you know seed head size and uh longevity and it's just it's super delicious and perfect for this particular application yeah um, it was and a uh, fun fact is because it's more towards the original chromosome count of our of the of wheat that we used um it is easier on people with uh what is it called the, oh like celiacs or gluten sensitivity yeah celiacs maybe not that quite but not quite that to that effect but, just but like gluten, gluten sensitivity yeah people have eaten this this flour been able to digest it without any problems so uh it lent itself well to a nice onion uh, and I, I threw uh, some extra sharp cheddar into oh, that muffin yeah. and man they were so good i wish we had some right now that'd be good yeah i'm i'm missing them for sure it was awesome uh and you know that's just kind of as just small examples of the variety of ways that you can exchange these wild onions for anything that you would use normal onions for. You know, yeah, a roast or a stir fry or I mean, the, the, it's kind of hard to talk about because the possibilities, yeah, the possibilities like, truly are endless. It would be like that scene in Forrest Gump where he talks, where Bubba. Talks oh yeah, about shrimp. This, shrimp. Yeah. yeah, it would be like allium. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, you know, wild onion yeah, casserole. Exactly. Wild onion. We put onions in a ton of things. You can you can put it in any of those. So yeah, no, it's a really accessible plant um, for a beginner because again, you can just follow that rule of thumb where it's, you know, if it smells like an onion, you can use it. I mean, just be sure you know what an onion smells like, I guess. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's uh, the nutritional portion of our episode. Um, I think does that pretty much close it up for yeah, the allium canadens for now. Um, so that kind of explains a little bit why, why uh, you know, we'll be pounding the breast mints again. Cause, <laughs> yeah. yeah the, even with these, like, little pickles, it was pretty pungent. Uh, so I still, like, smell it in my breath a little bit. <laughs> but uh, thanks for hanging out with us for another great episode of the Wild Edible World Podcast. We'll be back next week for another great informational wild food episode. Um, and I hope you'll listen to, it us, to us again. Thanks. Hey. Oh, and yeah, as always, you know. As always, if you have any recipes or questions, uh, feel free to hit us up. We're here, at, we're at your disposal. 
And yep. uh, find us on Instagram, and you can also uh, find us on our Discord, um, which is Wild Edible World. Um, we'll have that up. And so, yeah, as always, be sure that you triple triple check your IDs in case you feed anybody you love, and that includes yourself and your good pals that you record with. We'll catch you next time. We'll catch you next time. Thank you.